of information and news for kids like me. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Newsy Jacuzzi. It's been a busy news week, so let's dive in. I'm your host, Leela Shushankar Prickett. And I'm the sound effect sidekick and big story explainer, also known as Leela's mom. <laughs> this week on Newsy Jacuzzi, we'll hear about the good news that there might be a coronavirus vaccine on the way. The bad news is the pandemic is forcing some U.S. college sports to cancel their season. We'll tell you the name and location of the biggest comet in the sky that you can see with your own eyes. The latest from the world of tech might mean you can block out noisy neighbors without shutting your windows. We'll find out how a Toronto gallery is offering dramatic art in a socially distanced way. And just for the fun of it, our lucky dip takes us to a truly shocking English pub. But first... Let's hear a wrap from the biggest news stories of the week. From my mama, because she can talk really fast. Hold on tight. It's Around, Around the, the World, world in 80, 80 Seconds. seconds. Hold In the U.S., an icon of America's civil rights movement and longtime member of Congress, John Lewis, died of cancer at the age of 80. The charismatic Georgian was a central figure in the key civil rights battles of the 1960s. Twitter is increasing its security after a series of high-profile accounts were recently hacked, including Barack Obama, Elon Musk, and Kim Kardashians. Twitter said it was still trying to work out if private data, which could include direct messages, was stolen. Hong Kong is tightening social distancing measures amid growing worries about a third wave of coronavirus infections. That means Disneyland and the Chinese-ruled city has closed again. The government is limiting gatherings to four people. Bad news for polar bears. Global warming is pushing them to the edge of existence. Scientists say by the end of the century, the big white bears could become extinct as a result of shrinking sea ice in the Arctic if climate change continues. And in England, thousands of flying ants suddenly appeared across parts of London and surrounding counties. It happens when young queen ants, followed by males, leave their nests to breed and start new colonies, but only when it's warm, humid, and windless. Not normal weather for England, which is why more and more go on the same rare, hot, and humid day. Woo! Thanks for that flash around the world, and now it's time to tackle the, the big, big news story of the week. So we know that ever since this nasty virus has surfaced, the race was on to find a vaccine. First, let's make sure everyone knows what a vaccine is. Okay, the bad part is you'll have to get a shot. Ouchie! But the good thing is you're given a bit of the virus, believe it or not, making you produce natural antibodies. Which provide protection or make you immune from ever getting the disease. So, unlike medicines that you take after you get sick in hopes of being cured, vaccines prevent you from getting the disease in the first place. And if we can get one for COVID-19, we can be free from this lockdown 
free from masks and free to go to school and free to eat out and free to go and visit friends. Okay, okay, okay. Now we know why the race is on to find one. <laughs> there are 23 coronavirus vaccines around the world in what's known as clinical trials because they're trying them out in a very scientific clinical way. And it looks like the lead horse, I mean vaccine, is the one being developed by Oxford University. Yep, and it seems to have prompted that protective immune response we just talked about in hundreds of volunteers who got the shot. The vaccine also triggered long-lasting T-cells, a type of white blood cell that remembers and attacks the coronavirus. But... What? We still don't know how the vaccine will act in the real world. For instance, it might stop people from getting sick, that's great, but does it also prevent them from passing the virus on? It's just too early to say. And like any race, it's possible this news is a lot of hype. Hype? Like hyper? Well, no. Hype is in a lot of exaggerated publicity. Like, Newsy Jacuzzi is the biggest and best news podcast that everyone in the entire world listens to. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> well, that's hype. And usually with every news story, you have to find the facts sort of buried under the hype. Sometimes they support the hype. Sometimes they're smothered by it. So no into the lockdown anytime soon? Afraid not. But imagine the lockdown is like we've been walking in a pitch black tunnel, just trusting there's an end. Now we can see way in the distance a little light. And what's the light? The end of the tunnel. Yes, and that's the good news. That's why the race of 23 trial vaccines is great, because they're all trying to get there first, and so they're making each other go faster and faster, and the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger and bigger. And bigger! And bigger! <laughs> Staying with the coronavirus for a few more minutes, while we all want to know if our schools are going to reopen or not, there's an extracurricular activity that's looking unlikely to kick off this autumn. I'll be ready to play ball! Sports news! Sports and athletics for U.S. colleges and universities look set to be another lockdown loser. It's often where athletes go before they become pro. Let's cut across to the U.S. to speak with our stateside sports reporter, Porter Robbins. You're absolutely right, Leela. Most major league teams, from American football to baseball and basketball, do the recruiting from the college circuit. So, this news comes as a real heavy blow for many players who are hoping to show off their skills. It's still a bit too early to say just how many teams or divisions will drop out this season, but they seem to be dropping like flies right now. It all started when a few players from different sports and in different states came down with the virus, and then a few more got it, and then a few more. Then, not surprisingly, summer workouts for many teams were suspended and you know what coach says if you don't practice you don't play first it was the ivy league that announced all their sports are on hold until january they're part of division one so that sent loads of other college teams from football and basketball to even cross country to thinking about doing the same soon several of the big division one conferences announced that most of their sports would play league games if they even played at all 
It's sad news for college athletes and the many businesses that depend on these games to draw in customers. From Los Angeles, California, this is Porter Robbins reporting for Newsy Jacuzzi. Now it's time for... World of Wow! wow, wow. In other words, science. Okay, everyone, what do you call a mammoth snowball zipping through space, wagging a fiery tail? Oh, I know this. A comet. You got it. And one of the brightest comets of my lifetime has come into view. Which is super cool, because most of the comets, which are blobs of ice speeding through space, are usually too small and dim to be seen with our eyes. I mean, without a telescope. (laughs) But not NEOWISE. Which stands for Near Earth Object Wide Field Infrared Survey Explorer, the name of the telescope system that first spotted it. And if you think that's a mouthful, its official name, even less catchy, is C-2020F3. So, let's stick with Neowise. Let's. Do you know the other cool thing about Neowise? Besides its great names. Mama. (laughs) Go on, then. It has two tails. Most comets have a tail. That's when ice particles fly off the comet and turn into gas. When it gets too close to the sun. But clever old Neowise has a second tail made of plasma. That's gas charged with electricity. Ooh la la. And that tail bends towards the sun, right? Because of the sun's magnetic field. And you know what magnets do. They attract or pull things to it. Yes, it's like the sun's magnetic field is saying, come to me, come to me. And there's this bit of the comet that just can't resist and so bends towards the sun. Making a two-tailed comet. Now, just how bright it is will depend on how big the tail grows. Wait, I thought it was a fiery tail. This is the thing that always gets me about comets. How can something be fire and ice? It's not really fire, Mama. It's not? Nah, it's just falling bits of ice reflecting the sun's light and turning into gas. Oh, that makes so much more sense. So then I guess if there are a lot of ice particles that fall off and reflect the sun's light, the comet will look even brighter. Ek dam sahi. That's Hindi for most definitely. Although, at even its closest, on the 23rd of July, the comet will still be as far away from Earth as Mars is. But it should still be bright enough to see, even without a telescope or binoculars. Just head out about an hour and a half after sunset. Obviously, go to the darkest area you can. Then lie back and find the Big Dipper. Follow its handle as it bends towards the horizon where the Earth meets the sky. And Neowise should appear under the Big Dipper about 10 degrees above the horizon. If you hold out your arm, 10 degrees is about the size of the sky covered by your fist. And it should be about as bright as the Big Dipper stars. So, get stargazing tonight, y'all. <clears throat> Comet gazing. Oh, yes, that's what I meant. And hey, do tell us what you see. Come on, drop us an email and let us know. Send it to contact at newsyjacuzzi.com because I love emails. Now moving on for our next story, let's leave our soundproof studio and head to the front room and open our windows to get some fresh air. As you know, our tech story today is about... Sorry, I can't hear you because of the noise. Shut the window. Ah, that's better. 
Yeah, but there's no AC in this room, and it's really hot. And stuffy. I wish there、well, was a way of letting in the fresh air, but not the noise. Yeah. Funny you should say that. Scientists at Southampton University in England have developed a special sound control system that can be fitted to an open window to allow fresh air to waft in, but magically make the sounds from outside disappear. Magic, Leela. Well, it's complicated. It's the same technology used with those noise-canceling headphones. Oh, the technology that recognizes which sound waves are around and then actually creates and plays the opposite. The sounds cancel each other out. That's the one. Like if I were to draw a wavy line on a piece of paper and then draw another wavy line right next to it, but the opposite direction, so you're closing those waves and they look more like circles, and the sound would go whoop shut. Yeah, it's pretty complicated. But in the experiment, they had a microphone. To catch the radio waves of outside noise, then they had twenty-four little speakers, each about the size of a toy car, to play the opposite radio wave, called an anti-noise. And whether you totally understand the science or not, the end result is a quieter, breezier room. Fabulous! When can we get one? <laughs> well, this is hot off the press. New news. This most like other scientific experiments will take a little while before it's turned into a product for sale in shops. Oh. Yeah, it could be another five to ten years before you can buy such a device. But you heard it here first. <laughs> Now it's the ace part of our podcast. That stands for art, art culture, and, and entertainment. entertainment, darling. Darling. Last week we heard about super cool plans in Paris for a night of cinema soulu, or in English, cinema on the water. Yep, that was one way to ensure social distancing. Every family stays in their own riverboat. We also asked you to get in touch with us for some great ideas that other cities were doing to try and offer art, culture, and entertainment to people in creative, pandemic-friendly ways. And we got another one. Thank you very much. Yep, this time it's the Canadian city of Toronto that wins the prize for best socially distanced art event. So you know, most museums all over the world have closed during lockdown. Well, there's one kind of art that's perfectly suited for social distancing: digital art. And I'm not just talking about the stuff you can see on your phone or computer, which is pretty cool for sure. But some artists are using digital technology to show off classic works of art, like one of the most famous painters in the world, Vincent Van Gogh. You might know his sunflowers or his self-portrait. Or Starry Starry Night, which we do in school, our own version, of course. <laughs> so imagine seeing Starry Night projected on a huge screen, but not just inside some movie theater, but on an amazing-looking building. That's what the creators of Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Night did last year at a show, also in Paris. And so, an art gallery in Canada's largest city decided to bring that show to a huge warehouse in Toronto and offer one part as a drive-in art gallery and another as an area you can walk around. 
Of course, the space is so vast you can get a gorgeous visual treat, never mind fab Instagram snaps, without worrying about catching the nasty old coronavirus. Well done, Toronto. And again, if anyone listening finds out their town is doing something cool or creative for their citizens in these strange COVID-19 times, let us know. You know the address, but just in case, it's contact at newsyjacuzzi.com. And finally, how about an electrifying COVID-19 story that may just shock you? Yep, our lucky dip just for the fun of it story is about a pub in Cornwall. That's a place towards the bottom of England with great beaches and lots of farms. This place has an unusual, some might even say shocking way to keep adults safe when they're buying drinks. Our South of England reporter Jackson Hosking is going to tell us more. Take it away, Jackson. Hey Leela. The pub is called the Star Inn, and you'll never guess what the landlord, Johnny McFadden, who runs the pub, has put around the actual bar area itself to ensure good social distancing. Not ropes to cordon off an area, not traffic cones, but an electric fence. Yes, I'm talking about the type of fence farmers use to keep their sheep in the field. This is his way of preventing customers from getting too close when they pay for their pints or bottles of beer. It also stops them from sitting at the bar. I have to say, I've been shot by an electric fence before. I threw my ball into a farmer's field by mistake and tried to get it back. The sting from the electric fence felt like a really strong buzz. Well, there is a big yellow danger sign on the electric fence in the pub in Cornwall that reads, Warning, electric fence. Mr McFadden jokingly says that simply seeing this warning sign and the electric fence is enough to make sure his customers follow the latest government guidelines and keep a good distance from each other, just like sheep. He's also told us a little secret. The electric fence around the bar is not actually turned on. Shh! But hey, nothing really shocks us these days. Hey, Leela. (laughs) Good one, Jackson. That story sure did give me a bit of a jolt. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel charged up and ready to go? (laughs) (laughs) Got any more? Synonyms? Puns? Yeah! (laughs) I'm a hungry puppy for puns. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um... Oh yeah, I got one. Wired. Ah, nice one. But now that we're wired up, it's time to say... Good wire. (laughs) I mean, goodbye. (laughs) And that brings us to the end of this episode of Newsy Jacuzzi. Remember, if you enjoyed this dip in the whirlpool of news and information, then do subscribe to our podcast. And while you're at it, Give us a good rating, or better still, leave us a review on Apple Podcast, Podcast Republic, Deezer, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to get in touch, drop an email to contact at newsyjacuzzi.com. See you next week in the Newsy Jacuzzi. 